The Lake Radio via the Kuti Mangoes. You are listening to The Lake Radio, a radio station that we are very grateful for because it's dedicated to a lot of stuff that usually doesn't find a place on other radio stations. So, yes, yes, the Kuti Mangoes. I'm Michael Blicker. I play the saxophone and I lead the band together with this guy. I am Gustav Rasmussen. I am the trombone and guitar player in Kuchi Mangos and I write all the songs with Michael. We met at the conservatory in Copenhagen. I was listening to a lot of African-inspired music and also West African music, along with you know jazz like Charles Mingus and uh, Ornette Coleman and you know all kinds of old stuff. and. Uh, one day I called Gustav up and said, um, I think we should do a band with a lot of a lot of horns and a lot of drums and a lot of energy. And uh, he said, sounds like a great idea. So we did. I think we came up with a name uh, the way every, every other band in the world comes up with a name. That is, when you have a concert, you need to find a name really quickly. So, you know, we started off with the music and then we've, we've, we, we, we had to figure something out. So, Fela Kuti is the cootie part and then mangoes is uh, I don't know maybe it's the fruit mangoes maybe it's because we couldn't call it mingus because that would be a bit too lame so you know some kind of, of made up word that had some elements of the stuff that we you know some of the warmth some of the energy some of the music that we're inspired by in a kind of mix you could say that uh, at least what we later agreed to uh, how to, to talk about the name was that the the energy from Felakuti mixed with the warmth and the sweetness of an African mango. So 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 that's sort of a, a mix of what we're doing. We've got the, kind of the, the instrumentation of the group that's really central for our sound, which is a lot of horn players, a lot of percussion instruments, 
the rhythm section is just basically one guy actually playing the the, the bass with a with a Moog keyboard and then playing uh, the keyboardy stuff on a, on a, on a Fender Rhodes, uh, and then we've got some other stuff going on as well. But that's kind of the basic setup. And uh, we chose this instrumentation really deliberately because we wanted to not be uh, in any way at all, but I mean also not instrumentation-wise, not to be a kind of a copy of Felakuchi's band. Felakuchi is a Nigerian saxophone player and band leader and composer who is really great at uh, telling the story about being an African musician who played African music and developed the style called Afrobeat. The story is that he wanted to make a copy, sort of, of the James Brown band, but that was way, way before the internet, and I guess most of the musicians that he found in Nigeria, they had not ever heard anything of James Brown, so it, maybe it's just a way of, he he was explaining what he wanted, and they tried to do it, and then they came up with a total new style. And uh, So this is like the 70s, it's like the late 60s and into the 70s, and then, and then going on to the 80s and so on. They would have like a, you know, a huge rhythm section with a drum set and then a lot of percussion players and then some electric guitar players playing a lot of different kind of intricate rhythm figures, patterns, and then an electric bass player, some horn players, and they would have dancers and singers also. Uh, but uh, we decided to kind of do it our way. We've got a bit more of a clubby sound, a bit more kind of deep bass going on with because it's played by the keyboard and then a lot of the stuff that would usually be played by well I, at least in the beginning that's how we thought by the guitars in Felakuti's band we would play in the horns instead so we'd have this this like really rhythmical horn horn figures that's probably sound a bit different than a normal horn section so that's kind of the well the really strictly kind of musical way we describe our music You could say that uh, that having a horn section would normally be some trumpets and some high saxophones, some low saxophones, and some trombones. And in in our version of a horn section, we very often choose to cut away all the high horns. So we would have a song with two baritones and a trombone. And I haven't heard that sound before. That's definitely something uh, new and something unique for, for our way of using a horn section. It's, I would describe it as a very deep brightness. Even though it's a deep sound, it has a lot of uh, high overtones. So, so it sort of cuts through anyway, even though it's really deep. And that's, that's something we have, uh, we have been doing from the very beginning in this band. Thank you. 
Our new album is called Afrotropism. It came out on the 13th of September uh, on our uh, label that we've been collaborating with since our first album, Tramp Records, a German label. And we've been traveling a lot, also with our previous albums and recording different places. Now we decided not to travel. So we have recorded this entire album in Copenhagen. Uh, in Michael's studio, in uh, my apartment, in Magnus's basement, uh, in someone else's living room, and so on and so on. So it's been a collaborative process uh, for the whole band. Everyone's contributed with their parts from their instruments, and then we have produced the whole thing, Michael and I, and, uh, and composed the music. And then, as we've talked about, the main objective was that we wanted to make an album that was just us now. And now we've done a lot of collaborations and collaborations are brilliant. We've had great fun and we'll, we'll certainly do some more in the future. But we wanted to also to, to, I guess, test ourselves a little, see what would it be like if we didn't have someone playing this traditional African instrument. Could we, uh, could we stay in, uh, in, in, in the same style of music? Uh, would we get the same ideas? And I think, I think you can certainly hear that uh, on this album, at least this, this, is, this is from my point of view, you can certainly hear that it's the same band from the first two albums, but that it's also something slightly different, that it's developed a bit, and that we've, that we've now taken something a bit more, we've got some more electronic elements on this album, some we've played around with effects pedals and uh, synthesizers and so on. Uh, so, so we have some more sort of dreamy, dreamy patches in the music, I, I guess you could say. Uh, but I mean, the colors are still there. Uh, we've still got the, 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 the sound of our instruments. And definitely we wanted to try out to to do an album that would not be kind of a live in the studio album like the first two ones. When you when you decide to, to do an album like the one we did now, uh, you have all opportunities open. You can, you can try out anything because you don't have to be able to play live in a studio. So we would try all kinds of ideas out. Gustav would say, I have this amazing effects pedal. How how would that sound on a trombone? Let's try it out. And then sometimes it sounded really great and really fresh and, and new. And other times it was just like, okay, let's try something else. And then working that way, it really gave us opportunities to try out uh, working with areas of our music that we we don't normally have a chance to do when we record and uh, and that is also a very huge thing on this album that you can hear that for instance there's a ballad called keep you safe that whole piece is is uh, uh, almost orchestral and uh, and uh, it would never be possible to just go in the studio and play it like it is on the album now. We we really wanted to do a studio album that could stretch the boundaries of what is possible in this band. And that's really a huge difference on this album. We've got uh, some some brilliant uh, drummers in our group. We've got Casper uh, Mikkelsen uh, and Eddie Jarl, uh, who both who share the drum the drum seat, and they both uh, recorded on, on on the tracks for the new album. They have really different ways of playing, both of them. So it's really cool for us to have. I mean, we're really kind of uh, gifted to have to have two different drummers that, that 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 have such different different approaches to playing the drums. And then on uh, all kinds of percussion is uh, Magnus Jokumsen, 
who came up with the brilliant idea of of playing some Cuban bata drums on on the ballad on the album, and that, that definitely gave that whole warm feeling to that keep you safe ballad. The the anchor man in the band uh, would be uh, Johannes Andresen playing uh, Fender, Rhodes and and Mook, and we have another saxophone player who is. Uh, insanely great at playing uh, saxophone and his name is Aske Krasbeck. And then the two of us, yeah, there you go. Tropism is a, a biological phenomenon that refers to a plant reacting to its uh, environment. I'm obviously not a biologist, so I mean, I, I can't promise the whole truth, but uh, this is a, a, a small slice of it in any case. Uh, so a concrete example would be a sunflower turning towards the sun to catch the rays of the sun. And we thought that it felt like this was, uh, this, was a, this was a good sort of topic for our album or a good, uh, something that, that, that encapsulates the, the general feeling because it, it mirrors the way we as a band uh, turn around uh, the world to, in search for energy and inspiration. And uh, of course, one of, the, one of the, uh, the, the places that we've really done that is Africa. So, I mean, we are getting our energy, our sunlight from Africa. So, of course, that's why it's called Afrotropism. I think something that you can also hear on, on the new album is, I mean, I guess you could call it sort of our way of working that we've developed during the past, uh, I mean, since we started seven years ago, is taking something and then transforming it into something else. So taking the inspiration from the balafone rhythm and then play, playing it on a different instrument, taking a guitar part and playing in the in the horns. And then also on this album, we've 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 gone a bit sort of deeper into the into the musical matter 
in a way. I mean, what if we could, like, on one of the tracks, we've got a, we've got a, a this this uh, this melody that seems to never end. It just goes on and on and on, and it kind of changes, but it's diff it's it's quite difficult to hear when it actually does. We we spent a lot of time developing that melody, and I mean, that is kind of directly inspired by traditional West African singing tradition, where you where 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 this is how the songs developed. Uh, and they would, you know, you stay in one chord, you've got this groove going on for a long time and you sing a song that obviously has lyrics and a, and a narrative going on. And then it develops slowly and it, it changes slightly, but not very much. So as a listener, you're, you, you, you get into this trancey feeling where you feel like it's changing, and it's, and, and, but it's, you know, it's not really changing that much and so on. So, I mean, we try to really work with that atmosphere and that, and that vibe. We are definitely fascinated by stuff that we don't understand. And we have been listening a lot to music in my studio where Gustav and I have just been sitting, you know, on YouTube or Spotify or wherever you can find all kinds of new music. And also listening to recordings that we did ourselves. And, and then we just sit and listen and try somehow to not intellectually understand the music but listen to the music so many times that you kind of just get in in that feeling so you you, you might not know if it's in 4/4 four, four, in 3/4 or what it is but you sort of get into the music so you can start moving to it or you you can start hearing what a melody could be like and 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 that's something uh, that fascinates us a lot uh, compared to the music that we grow up uh, with here in Denmark. Yeah, I mean, the the whole thing about not understanding what's going on, because I think that's really a key uh, a, a key point to also to stay inspired in the music, because the tradition that we grew up in and come from in the here in in Denmark in the Western world is you know the uh, a kind of a very school tradition of of also of analyzing music i mean there's we we have a very of course as as everyone knows a very powerful written tradition in music i mean uh, we're used to reading scores and you know from Bach, Beethoven, up to big band charts or whatever and and dealing with music in a kind of in an intellectual way uh, and being able to analyze it academically. So uh, this is uh, this, it's not to put that down at all because that has a, a certain value. But I think one of the things we're trying to explore with this project is other things that ha that also have a fantastic value, even though it's completely different than that. So a lot of times in the band we uh, disagree on where is the beat, how should we feel this, and 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 this is this is something that we deliberately try to provoke because that gives some unpredictability to our music. And it's also just, I mean, it's just, it's interesting for us as musicians to try to dive into something that where we 
don't know what's we don't really know what's going on and and maybe we don't really want to know we want to stay on that level where there's kind of this in this this insecurity because that means that we're a bit more on the edge when we're playing and we're a bit more kind of invested invested in it if than than if we know than if we had this kind of exact knowledge of what's going on so i mean keeping ourselves in the dark is one of the tricks that we try to do consciously one track on the new album that's really kind of a bluesy has this kind of desert blues feel we're, we're trying to experiment with with the groove on this track but also with uh, with the harmonic uh, layer because that's something that 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 actually comes from well I guess you could say from the Western perception of music so what if we had this bluesy melody and then play this chord underneath and what if we suddenly change that chord to something else how is that going to affect what the melody sounds like what if we what if we do this kind of middle section where we where we have a lot of different chords that's going to put the melody in in a completely new color and that's something that you would never hear uh, an African musician or I mean that, that's a, I mean I hate actually saying that but you know I mean in the broad very very broad kind of um, one-dimensional sense of it then that that's something that's 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 uh, that where the the meeting of Africa and the West is kind of you know goes a new direction I have an example that I've used a couple of times to try to explain to people how a melody is built here in the Western world compared to to uh, West Africa. There's a child song from West Africa that goes like, Kilele, Kilele, Abo, Abo, Kilele, Kilele. And from the Western world, we would expect the pulse to be here. One, two, three, four. Kilele, Kilele, Abo, Abo, Kilele. But it's not, it's one, two, three, four. Kilele, Kilele, Abo, Abo, Kilele. That's just, a huge, huge difference because the the rhythm just gets more elastic and more bouncy and not square, and that's that's really something that uh, that we enjoy working on.
we've been to Africa twice, Burkina Faso and Mali. Also toured South Korea and China. Yeah, we played all over Europe, Denmark, Germany, Austria. One of the th- we were really curious the first time, we, especially we, the first time we were in Africa, to hear what what people's impression of our music was. Did, did, did it sound African to them? It didn't really. Maybe they thought perhaps it sounded more like sort of Western jazz music or something or funk or whatever. So the the perception of the music really changes depending on your own background, right? Um, and to the European listener, I, I think most of our audience can really recognize that kind of African flavor. And I think in Africa they can they can recognize the relationship, but maybe feel like that that it's so far from their own musical traditions that I mean it doesn't make sense to talk to talk about it as African music. I think the one thing that's kind of that is general for for all the audiences we've played for, I mean, all over the world, is most people consider the the music to be quite sort of positive and energy-filled and colorful. I think that's that's kind of a general thing that that most people can relate to, I mean, without having to kind of put labels on that it sounds like this or that. But that kind of, that that, the feeling of positivity, the feeling of wanting to move your body, the feeling of it also having something beyond that it's it's not just about you know shaking your body it's also about i mean there's also kind of a certain a certain intention and i guess some people also relate to some of the more quiet songs i, I mean they have like these really tuneful melodies and a lot of people consider them to have some kind of beauty in them also so i mean yeah colorful energetic music filled with love and uh, compassion and and universal uh, feel good music play uh, maybe two-thirds of our concerts in Germany. We do some shows in Denmark and then we go to Germany and play, you know, so it's often kind of tied together like that. There is a lot of times a pretty big difference in terms of how people react. The big cities in Denmark, when we play in Copenhagen and Aarhus, and we usually get a pretty energetic crowd that respond and, you know, shout and, you know, react react kind of visibly and audibly to the music. Uh, But a lot of times when we play smaller places, uh, there might be more people, but they're probably going to be more silent than, than, I mean, they would just sit and just just uh, kind of take it in and then they'd clap for you know for 10 minutes afterwards but you you would only find out like when the show was finished that they really liked it whereas as as Danes we often consider Germans to be kind of reserved and very and a bit more formal maybe uh, and a bit more sort of well behaved than we are as as Danes but I think as a as a band touring both countries we definitely see more sides of that story because I think it's 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 more common for us to kind of get the woohoos and the, and the, and the people going crazy in Germany than it is in Denmark actually I mean I think the Danes are a bit more reserved and they're a bit more shy maybe before they respond to the music that falls into the whole 
area that we we uh, we discuss a lot in the band about communicating because we see our performance as a communication with an audience and of course when you play uh, places where you feel that you don't get anything back from the audience you have a hard time shaping the performance in the way that you feel that it should be shaped and that's just something that you need to be able to analyze during a show that this audience they are into this kind of communication and 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 that's definitely something that that we have to do different every night depending on the audience and the venue and and that's the very fun psychological thing that is uh, that's becoming more and more a part of our show to 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 read the audience love playing at Alice. It's a, it's a perfect size venue for us. Normally the p- uh, place is packed and and the vibe is just really really good. Uh, it's a, it's a place where you play for a standing audience and the energy is just great there. Of course there's a lot of the songs that are uh, more listening than dancing, but the audience there are really open-minded and and are into all kinds of music. And if you look at the program on Alice, they have all kinds of different music, and it's just a great venue in terms of that. I mean, I'd, I'd say Alice is probably the venue that we have the closest relationship to. I mean, we've played there many, many times, and they also uh, helped us out in the beginning when we started out playing. And uh, I mean, we did our the release of our first album there in 2014, so we have a long history with that with with, with that venue and the and the people that are, that work around it. So that this also means, of course, that we have that we're really grateful for for the cool audience that's uh, as michael said that's i mean really open minded and and o- obviously interested in music that's uh, that's not mainstream and that uh, perhaps um, offers something different than uh, than than what you would that what you might normally hear and for many many reasons we have been very excited to see how people w- would respond to our new songs because for one reason, I mean, we hadn't actually played them live at all before we recorded them. So we had to kind of work that out afterwards, going into the rehearsal space with the band and say, oh, okay, so what? how are we going to solve this? How are we going to do this? How are we, I mean, we need someone to do this part. Who can do that? I felt like when we played at Alice, we kind of, uh, you know, warmed up actually to uh, to playing our home, our home ground. A lot of people said that they felt like it was a bit of, I mean, Perhaps a bit more than before, uh, they were taking on taken on uh, more of a journey throughout the set, 
through different uh, different uh, atmospheres and emotions, uh, kind of uh, also culminating in in you know. Uh, kind of a pretty festive energetic mood but perhaps the road was a bit more sort of meandering and uh, than than it might usually have been at other times and a lot of people uh, like that so I mean yeah we were happy So uh, right now we are doing a lot of touring in uh, Denmark and Germany and uh, we'll continue that uh, in the springtime also. Also going to Finland and working on Austria and Switzerland and so on. All this is going on right now. And then we are planning on uh, touring and recording again in, uh, in West Africa. Let's see what, let's see what and when uh, that will happen. But hopefully within the next couple of years, Uh, we'd like to go back. We've got some 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 more projects that would be fun to fun to do. Look out for our well. Uh, I would visit our homepage actually, because the one one thing is that uh, that all our concerts are listed there, of course, and I'm completely up to date. But the other thing that's uh, good to know for everyone listening is that when you go to kuchimangos.com, sign up for our newsletter, and uh, this way you'll be uh, you know kept in the loop. But the other cool thing is that we actually uh, send out a link to watch our documentary film Bamako Play, which is a, um, a film that Anas Jepsen made about our recordings in West Africa a couple of years ago. It's won some awards and it's been on the festival, the film festival uh, circuit all over the world. And uh, it's not something that we've made, of course, it's, uh, but it's about us and it, has, uh, it tells a story about the band and it's a, it's a great film. So uh, the one way to see that is to, to, um, to, to get onto the newsletter. So, I mean, yeah. Hope to see you all at one of our shows. Yeah. The lake. 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 The lake.